0: Taiwan reported yet another day of local COVID cases surpassing 40,000 on Sunday. While 44,294 is not as high as Saturday's figure, the number of moderate to severe cases shot up to 118, passing the 100 mark for the first time, while the number of COVID-related deaths reached a new daily high at 12. Let's hear from the CECC. Of
1: the 12, six were unvaccinated and two had one dose of vaccine. So most of the deaths announced today were unvaccinated people. Aside from one who didn't have a chronic disease, the rest had either diabetes or a cardiovascular disease. Having a history of these chronic diseases is a high risk factor for a severe COVID case.
0: The majority of local cases were in New Taipei at 17,948, while the figure for Taipei was 8,213 and Taoyuan 5,494. Kaohsiung, Taichung, Jilong and Tainan all had 1,000-plus cases Sunday. While seven counties and cities saw their case numbers break the 1,000 mark, the number of total cases had fallen compared to the previous day. Health Minister Chen shih chung thinks the reason for that is fewer people got tested over the weekend. British newspaper The Daily Telegraph has reported that Taiwan's COVID death rate may be unprecedented this summer. The report points to a sharp rise in local cases within a short period of time, from a few hundred to tens of thousands a day, and says this trend will continue. The piece also points out that Taiwanese have little natural immunity and that there are quote, suboptimal vaccination rates. It also quotes an expert as saying the government was moving too quickly in easing restrictions and had not adequately prepared the public for the change. Let's hear what local doctors have to say.
1: The Daily Telegraph's headline does not mince its words it says Taiwan faces the potential for lots of deaths. The report quotes Chase Nelson, an American computational biologist based in Taipei, as predicting that Taiwan could peak at 200,000 infections a day. In addition, it notes that 21% of people over 75 have resisted the jab. The report also points to an analysis last month in Taiwan's Commonwealth magazine that an estimated 22,000 older adults could die if vaccination rates did not pick up, basing its calculation on Hong Kong's fatality rates. With the government keen to open up to the world quickly, officials had missed an opportunity to communicate what they were planning and prepare the public for the surge, Nelson said. As a result, the report says there could be an unprecedented death rate by summer.
0: The scholar thinks we will have a large number of deaths But in fact, according to the Hong Kong model, I don't quite agree because at that time in Hong Kong, the elderly had not received as many vaccines as we did, and their so-called medical treatment capacity suddenly collapsed. Because of large numbers of confirmed cases, sudden outbreaks and unpreparedness, large numbers of the elderly were packed in the emergency rooms of public hospitals. This is not the case in Taiwan."
1: Some doctors, like Lin, disagree with the British report and think using Hong Kong as a model for Taiwan is wrong. But other doctors think that rapidly easing COVID restrictions does not allow for enough time for sufficient herd immunity to develop and that the government is being too hasty.
0: So we
2: can see one
0: We are currently seeing that on the one hand, the Ministry of Health is planning more COVID wards through arrangements with various hospitals. But at the same time, we see that policy is gradually being relaxed, which will lead to two conflicting results. One is that patients will accumulate too rapidly. Many patients in need of treatment could have been infected at a later time, but in fact, The result is they will be infected with COVID earlier, resulting in medical institutions becoming overwhelmed. So I hope the CECC can consider the views from the U.K. Some of what the foreign media reports said is actually true. The vaccine coverage rate for Taiwan's elderly is probably not the same as other countries with extremely low fatality rates. I think any opinion expressed by other people should be taken into consideration.
1: The CECC has settled on a policy of coexisting with COVID. The question is whether the speed it has adopted in relaxing restriction matches the speed it needs to go to minimize the impact of the pandemic on Taiwan. It's clear the CECC needs to carefully evaluate opinions from all quarters.
0: The World Health Assembly, the annual forum of the WHO, will be held on May 22nd in Geneva. After two years of holding the meeting virtually due to COVID, the global event will finally be held in person this year, and Taiwan is once again attempting to join as an observer. Government representatives of the U.S., Japan and EU have been expressing support for Taiwan's bid. Taiwan has been barred from the global assembly for five years now a result of political pressure from
3: China. hanno <laughs> presenza
0: It's not that Taiwan needs to join the WHO, but that Italy and the EU need Taiwan to join.
1: Lucia Milan, chairman of the Italy-Taiwan Parliamentary Friendship Group, is speaking next to the iconic Trevi Fountain in Rome. Two other parliamentarians put on a pin of Taiwan's flag to show support of Taiwan's entry into the WHA. (laughs) They're showing such active support because this year's WHA is just around the corner and will be held in two weeks' time in Geneva. The US and Japan have recently taken similar actions, rallying for Taiwan's admission. It's been five years since Taiwan last attended the global event. It was revoked due to pressure from the Chinese
4: government. This bill would direct the Secretary of State to implement a strategy to restore Taiwan's observer status.
1: Other European leaders and parliamentarians from various countries also appeared in a rare video voicing support for Taiwan to join the WHA. Chinese
3: government cannot continue to politicize global health. Excluding Taiwan jeopardizes the health and well-being of Taiwan's 23 million citizens. It also denies the rest of the world the opportunity to benefit from Taiwan's experiences. It's time
2: to let Taiwan
3: help.
1: The pandemic caused the annual event to be held virtually for the past two years. This year, the Assembly will finally meet again in person. Health Minister Chen shih said that he would not be heading to Geneva due to a rise of local cases of COVID, but would send his deputy on this mission.
0: That time happens to be when domestic infections will peak. At such a juncture, it is not appropriate for me to go. So we've asked Deputy Minister Li Fen to go in my stead to do the job of national diplomacy.
1: Li will lead a delegation to Europe called WHO Action and will meet with other nation's representatives to discuss global health issues on Taiwan's behalf. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs has also said that it will continue to push for Taiwan's observer status until the 11th hour.
0: CIA Director Bill Burns says China is carefully evaluating the development of the Russo-Ukrainian War and analyzing the costs and consequences of using force to gain control of Taiwan. Speaking at a forum in Washington over the weekend, Burns said the harsh sanctions imposed on Russia by the international community are probably influencing Beijing's calculation about how and when it plans to gain control of Taiwan, although China has still not abandoned its goal of unifying the island with the motherland. Meanwhile, Shen Ming-shi of Taipei's Institute for National Defense and Security Research thinks that the war in Ukraine will make China more aware of its lack of capabilities and that China would not dare do anything rash in the coming five years. However, it would continue to actively strengthen its weaponry to develop the capability to quickly attack Taiwan. Hiking is a beloved national pastime and a great way to get out into the nature, but all too often, hikers leave a trail of waste behind, creating an eyesore and an environmental hazard. Some of this litter is collected by volunteers, but there simply aren't enough volunteers to keep pace. Today in our Sunday special report, we meet those who tackle the Sisyphean task of keeping mountains clean. They tell us that cleanups can only go so far and that a new approach is needed to make a difference.
4: A tiger-shaped lantern soars upward. It's just one of a myriad of lights filling the night sky. Once a year, revelers descend upon New Taipei's Pingxi District for the annual lantern festival to illuminate the sky above the mountain. Nearly 2,000 lanterns carry away the hopes of the revelers. But just like the water bottles they discard, the remnants of those lanterns fall to the ground, leaving a trail of waste behind. It's been a week since the Lantern Festival, and the rain is non-stop. But that doesn't dampen the spirits of these volunteers. They gather together for roll call, and then divide up into smaller groups. Numbering more than 100, the volunteers brave the rain to clean up the mountain. The volunteers are led by 48 year old environmental activist Wu Yun Tian. Since climbing Jade Mountain in high school, Wu has been in love with mountains. In 2009, he established the Taipei based group Outdoors Fund, which organizes hikes and mountain cleanups. The volunteers use metal tongs to pick up bottles and other waste from the ground. Long poles fixed with hooks are used to pull wasted lanterns down from branches. Pingxi is famous for its lantern festival and its long mining history. Its firefly population, which was restored several years ago, is also a major attraction. From April to June, the fireflies light up the night sky, making for a second lantern festival of sorts but these brilliant insects rely on locals to protect them. In just a short span of two kilometers, the volunteers have removed nearly 15 bags of rubbish. This waste is not only unsightly, it can also be harmful to the environment and the ecology it supports. A slight change in the environment can have a major impact on the firefly population. Wu says that, come rain or shine,
0: the cleanups have to continue.
3: In places that are already messy and filled with garbage, you will find that the garbage will just keep building up. This is the broken windows theory. The mess will only grow over time. So that's why we say you need to get out there and do cleanups. Especially in places where we've just finished cleaning. That way, we're setting up the space to get better and not worse. We make it more difficult for new garbage to appear.
4: This vast and majestic mountain has stood for time immemorial, but even its timeless beauty can be spoiled by visitors who bring in garbage. <laughs>
3: Normally, the trails and cabins are shrouded in arrow bamboo, which is green and beautiful. But as soon as that burns away, you see piles of garbage.
4: On February 3, 2019, a large forest fire broke out along the trails behind Shan’s 369 hut. Afterward, park officials found piles of garbage left behind. Hikers had apparently left their waste behind while hiking. And those who followed them did the same. Plastic buckets, bottles and utensils collected by volunteers afterward filled 260 burlap bags.
3: This garbage didn't accumulate all at once. It built up over time. The Shuedong Line Trail itself emerged from decades of hikes. It initially emerged in the early days of the Chinese Youth Corps. The garbage accumulated over decades is all exposed at once when there is a fire.
4: Wu said Xueshen's East Peak is a hot spot for Taiwanese hikers, and people have been hiking there for more than 50 years. So far this year, 35,000 hikers have already descended upon East Peak's trails. The garbage they leave behind does not decompose on its own. Because there is no way to keep hikers from littering, garbage inevitably accumulates. This is why regular cleanup hikes are a must, Wu said. Wu's group shares its experience with mountain cleanups in a project with the Taiwan Environmental Information Association. Together, they've developed a handbook to encourage mountain lovers to take their trash with them when they leave the mountain.
3: We've been cleaning up this garbage for all these years, so we know that it's not possible to expect these mountains to become very clean in just one or two short years it will take time to ease into it. But realistically speaking, the good news is that today, more and more mountain hikers are paying attention to the issue of waste.
4: Considered one of the most beautiful trails in the world, Jianqing Gu Ancient Trail gets a steady stream of visitors even on rainy days. The trail began as a forest railway used to transport lumber, but is now under the administration of the Forestry Bureau. Bureau experts say it takes a discerning eye to be effective on mountain cleanups.
2: During these mountain cleanups, you may encounter more recently discarded waste, and at first glance, you know whether it's plastic. In that case, of course, you can collect it without issue. However, if you encounter waste from forestry activity like rope or if you see alcohol bottles from earlier decades, we recommend that you first stop and assess the situation.
4: To the side of the trail is a steep slope. Garbage dropped by hikers hangs seven or eight stories up from the ground down below. To collect it requires dangling over the cliff on a rope. Another issue is that some waste is actually historical artifacts from the mining days. Being able to make the distinction is important.
0: We've
2: signed agreements with local organizations, including the Kavalan Mountain Association and Outdoors Fund. Groups adopt trails for cleaning, and we do some training together to discuss things like what waste can be collected and how far we should go with the cleanups. Sometimes, after the cleanups are finished, we will arrange for garbage trucks to come and take the waste away.
4: The public agencies that manage Taiwan's mountains have long held mountain cleanups and other activities. For years, they have maintained a set of guidelines governing the cleanup of various trails. Civic groups adopt specific trails, and members of the public get involved in individual cleanup activities. Some even participate in cleanup training to improve their waste collection skills on the trail.
3: With the exception of areas needed for national defense, areas where the terrain is dangerous, areas sacred to indigenous people, and areas needed for conservation, the parks will be fully open to the public.
4: In 2019, the Executive Yuan lifted access restrictions on Taiwan's mountains and forest areas. That, coupled with COVID restrictions on travel abroad, gave rise to a climbing craze that's made mountain cleanups all the more important. But experts say cleanups do nothing to tackle the root of the problem as hikers continue discarding waste, leaving it for volunteers to collect. A better solution is something like the Leave No Trace campaign, which was launched in the US in
2: 2005. Our training of new recruits involves taking students on hikes at top 100 peaks. We take the Leave No Trace policy into the mountains and forests. We help them understand the concept of leaving the smallest possible impact on the environment. National
4: Taiwan Sport University has incorporated no-trace practices into its curricula, and it's the first university in Taiwan to do so. The concept is about showing respect for nature, Simply put, it means leaving nothing on the mountain but your footprints and taking nothing from the mountain but your memories. Details of the trip should be planned in advance, from what food to pack to what route to take to where you will camp. The no-trace concept also entails knowing where to cook with fire and how to interact with flora and fauna. Garbage collection and disposal must also follow strict regulations. These college students from National Taiwan Sports University go on hikes in the mountains where they engage in no trace practices. They want to encourage more people to follow their lead. They hope to build a new generation that has a deep respect for the country's mountains. The more
2: time you spend in nature, the more you appreciate it, and the more motivated you will be to protect it. We have to make this generation and the next generation interested in sustainability. If you don't get young people out into the mountains, then, to be honest, they won't care about environmental destruction and won't care if the environment is polluted.
4: This group of elementary school students recites a pledge before heading into the mountains. These are students from Muja Elementary School, and this small mountaineering group is greatly influenced by the concept of leaving no trace.
1: Why
4: Why do we do this? Because when we go into the mountains, we feel that the mountains are so beautiful. Whether it's inside a classroom or on a mountain hike, These students are taught to challenge their abilities and to love and respect nature. These young kids realize that if such a beautiful natural scene is to be preserved for the next person to enjoy, then they need to keep it looking the way it is now. These educators want to teach every potential hiker to care about nature, hiker by hiker. They hope to slowly shift the paradigm to eradicate the behavior of littering and remove the need for mountain cleanups. If every person learns the value of leaving nothing behind, Taiwan's beauty can be preserved for generations to enjoy.
0: While well, the days of balmy weather appear to be over. The Central Weather Bureau says starting Monday, the eastern half and mountains in the western half could see heavy rain due to the arrival of a cloud system from southern China. The rain is expected to taper off on Tuesday and Wednesday. And on Thursday, the weather will become overcast and rainy again with the arrival of a weather front. Every May and June is Taiwan's rainy season, also known locally as the plum rains. Not only will it be hard to hang dry your clothes, the temperature may also take a dive, so don't put away all your winter clothes just yet.